Tonight, I'm excited. Uh, my, my topic, my title may seem shocking at the moment, but it, it'll make sense. We're actually going to talk about being super spreaders. And uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of laugh because that this... In, in this very moment, in this, this last year, that term has become quite scary. Uh, and it's, it's gotten so involved with a virus that we, it's lost some of its other meaning. I looked it up, and it's a person who transmits an infection, a disease, or agent to, or, or agent, we're going to go with it, an or agent because we're not really wanting to spread an infectious disease, um, to an unexpectedly or unusually large number of people. And so, as I was thinking about this, the spreader that we're going to talk about tonight is not the, the virus that people are, are doing all sorts of stuff with. Yeah, I got my good old Scott spreader right here. Actually, technically, I think this was my mother-in-law's that somehow got left at my house. But nonetheless, I have used it when the one that's supposed to pull behind my mower wasn't working. And... Uh, Yes, it's, it's great, it's green, and it's important. It spreads things. See, in life, I, I've discovered, in fact, I was reading my Bible this last week, and I saw a verse that talked about us and something we're called to spread. And it, like, it just like messed with my head as I was just like reading. I'm like, da-da-da-da-da. Wait, I'm supposed to spread things? What am I supposed to spread? And this, this thought began to just explode inside of my head. So I'm going to try to give you a preview of what's inside of my head, though I don't know that that, that actually is a viable option. But I want to show you the journey and kind of what I discovered here. So I was reading in my Bible in Luke chapter 10, verse 5. And he goes through and he Jesus is giving instructions to disciples. He's sending them out and he's telling them what to do. And then he says, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. And I, as, I, as I read this, I just, I stopped. I was like, wait, so you're telling me that he's supposed to go somewhere and then deposit, spread peace. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to be a peace spreader, walking around, spraying peace everywhere. And as I, as I had this thought, it, it was followed by a question. You're like, great, I'm supposed to be a spreader of peace. Am I a spreader of peace? When was the last time I spread peace? And it just like, it took me back going, okay, so Jesus is telling us that we're supposed to spread peace, but do I spread peace? And I, and I got thinking about some different things. I got thinking about a conversation with my wife. My wife just went to visit somebody on the other side of the state uh, not very long ago. And one of the kids there, she, she's visited them several times over the last few months, just goes, I like it when you're here. It's just peaceful. I could just, and they, they start talking about the effect that she has on the atmosphere. Like, we've had people come to our house and make a comment about it being peaceful. And you know if someone comes to my house and makes a comment about it being peaceful, they're not talking about quiet. It's not peace and quiet. I have four little kids, t 10, 8, 6, and 4, and they are all capable of making noise. And so when they say our house is peaceful, they're not talking about peace and quiet. They're talking about peace and loud. And so that's just the, the, the way that it is. But my wife was talking, and they were, they were noticing how she brings peace. And so I got thinking, how many of you guys have ever encountered somebody that when they enter the room, the atmosphere changes? 
And some of you guys know somebody who brings the atmosphere up and it's like, yeah, everyone's sad. They come in and everyone starts to smile and they bring joy and they just lift the atmosphere. And then others of you guys are going, yeah, I know somebody else. (laughs) We can all be having a good day until they show up. They show up and all of a sudden the life just gets sucked out of the room. You know, and you're like, what just happened? Everyone was smiling and now everyone's depressed. And you're like, what just occurred? They're a spreader. And so as I begin to look at this, I begin to realize something. I'm, I, not only am I called to be a spreader, you are called to be a spreader. But this is what I discovered. All of us are spreaders. The question isn't whether or not we are a spreader. The question is, what are we spreading? Because a lot of times we think and you go, you know what, can I just be in neutral? You know, you're like, I, I, I don't think everyone groans when I walk into the room. So I think I'm okay. But you're, you're actually spreading something. And so as I begin to just try to unpack that in my head, a proverb came to mind, but not a biblical proverb. Just an old-fashioned proverb. I think most of you have heard this. If you are familiar with this proverb, I'm going to start it. I will let you finish it. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Okay, so so that's not a verse, just in case you're wondering. But but it's still true. And there's this this thing. Moms, you are super spreaders. Good or bad. You are a super spreader. And I would actually like to extend that because, Dad, you are fully capable of super spreading too. And at work, all of us have this capacity, but you recognize inside the home that if one person goes sour, everyone can be all excited and happy, and then somebody comes in, everyone's like, hey, hey! I don't know if you ever watched that. And it's, it's, it ha- okay, confession. I'm as guilty or more guilty of this than my wife. It's just a lot easier for me to see it when my wife does it. Because when I do it, I'm already grumpy, right? Like when you drop the atmosphere and you're like, I was already grouching, and then everyone joins you, you're just like, why is everyone, we're all grouchy. When you're feeling happy and someone else comes and she's having a moment, and then you watch the kids turn around and have a moment, you're like, it just spread. I'm like, she did that. And then I'm like, I think I did that yesterday and the day before. You know what? I'm not going to give her any grief. And, but like, you, you watch and you can see that one person can spread an attitude. One person can spread the culture or the atmosphere. And they can change the way that the dynamics go around the dinner table. They can change the way that the dynamics go around the workplace. They can change the way the dynamics go inside of the classroom. They can change the way that people begin to relate to each other because of the influence that we have. Because we walk in and I, and I look at this, I'm like, okay, so if, if I am called to be a spreader, if I am spreading something, what am I spreading? And how am I spreading it? Like, what is our greatest spreader? Think about it. It's your tongue. I wasn't just making faces at you. Like it was it's like strategic here. It is your tongue. Your tongue is your your super spreader. See, on my little spreader here, I have a dial and I can be like, 
yeah, I want to spread lots of seed or lot, little seed, lots of fertilizer, less fertilizer. And then I walk around and pull a little lever. In your life, one of the ways that you spread stuff the fastest is you open your mouth. And when we open our mouth, things come out. And what is it that's coming out? Because I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who likes to complain. Like there are some people, you can give them tickets and you're like, you know what? I just want to bless you and bless your family. I'm going to give you guys tickets to a theme park. And they're going to be like, do you realize at theme parks, there's massive lines? You're like, well, go to the beach. You're like, yeah, but the sand is so hot. Burnt my feet last time I was there. You're like, okay, stay home. That's all I ever do. It's so boring there. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, they can, you, you can pitch anything at them. You can bless them. You, you, can, you can, like, give them a big prize. You're like, here's thousands of dollars. Going to have to pay taxes on that now, aren't I? You're like, what is this? How do you always find something to complain about? And, and, and those people, when you're around them, you quit wanting to share your news. Because you share it and you're like, I'm so excited. And they're like, woe is you, woe is me, woe is me than you, woe. What's going on? And there are other people that it just doesn't matter what happens. It's a good day. And you're like, the sand was 150 degrees. Like, yeah, but it was Lake Michigan, so it was nice and cool and cooled me back off. And then like, you go through and you're like, oh yeah, you had to pay this massive, you got this massive tax bill. Do you realize that means I made more money than ever before? And like, you don't matter what it is that happens, they're like, do you realize that I'm blessed? And they find something to be grateful for. And I just begin to look at this and the Bible tells me to do all things without complaining or grumbling. It tells me to give thanks to the Lord. And I begin to look at the way that this affects my family, the way that I speak and whether when I complain, how quickly my kids pick up complaining. And for some reason, it's easier for them to pick up my negative than it is for them to pick up my positive. Like my negative, I do it once and they'll go do it a bunch of times until I correct it. My positive, it's like I got to keep repeating it until they finally catch on. But that's okay. It's good practice, right? And so you just keep going and go, all right, I am going to spread something. I am going to choose it on purpose. And my words are important. My words are powerful. But we live in a society that discounts the power of words. And, and most of us grew up and we heard the saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, which we all know is, is just stupid because it's not, not true. But I was looking at the Bible and I saw a story that illustrated just the immense power of our words and the immense power that the people in the Bible put on our words. In fact, it's a messed up story, but it still proved my point. So, how many, some of you guys have heard of Jacob and Esau. If you haven't, let me inform you of a messed up family. If you think your family's messed up, you're not alone. So, Inside of Jacob and Esau's family, these guys are, are, are brothers, and they, uh, they're very competitive. And they're nothing alike each other, except for the fact that they're both competitive. And this creates lots of problems and competition, and they're trying to earn different things and fight for different things. And, and so the younger one, like, tricks his brother and steals his, his, um, his birthright. He, like, trades it. His brother's, like, starving, and so he sells them. He buys the birthright with a bowl of soup. Anyways, it was this drama. And then time keep, keeps going on. There's some tension between the brothers from earlier dealings. And then dad's getting old 
and goes, I don't know how long I have to live. He's old. He's, he's mostly blind at this point, but he can still hear. And he goes, you know, I, I don't want to miss out on my chance to bless my kids before I die. And I don't know what day I'm going to die. So he, he calls his oldest son and Esau, he says, Esau, go k- kill some game, prepare some stew for me, and I'm going to bless you. Well, his wife, Sarah, hears this. And I told you, this family's messed up because he's trying to bless his oldest son. His wife hears it, calls the youngest son, and comes up with a scheme to try to trick dad. This is a problem, but this is how it goes. So she hears it. She calls Jacob and goes, Jacob, I want you to go kill a lamb and I'll prepare the stew. And then you sneak in, pretend to be your brother and your dad will bless you. And in this is Genesis chapter 37. And verse 12 is where we're at. He goes, yeah, but, but what, if, what if dad figures out it's me and curses me instead of blesses me? And she goes, your brother's really hairy. So here's what we're going to do. Take the skin from the goat and put it on your, the tops of your hands and the back of your neck. Like, dude, he was hairy. Like, <laughs> that is severely hairy if that's the way to trick him. So he comes in, he does this, he puts the, the, the skin on. His, his mom cooked the, the meal just the way that, Esau, that uh, Jacob liked it. Um, and uh, he, when, he, when he calls him in, he goes through and he goes, all right, here, sorry, Isaac, I, the way that Isaac liked it. And Isaac goes, all right, well, who is this? He's like, it's Esau. He's like, come here. And he goes and he, he put on his brother's clothes. And so when he comes up to dad, dad kind of hugs him and smells him and feels the fur. And he's like, that's my son. That's Esau. Dude, that boy was hairy. But he's like, it smells like the field. Feels like a rug. It's my son. And he's like, sounds like Jacob. Feels like, smells like Esau. We're good. And so he speaks a blessing over, over Jacob. Well, Esau finds out. He's furious when he comes back. But it was this crazy deal that he's, he's debating on killing his brother over the fact that he got his dad's blessing. His dad, not... It wasn't a, like, hey, I'm going to write you into the inheritance and here's the cash I'm going to give you. Because we have fights over that all the time in society. You talk to people, and they're, like, it's just amazing how bad that can be. But this was over what words dad was going to speak over his children. They were willing to, like, go to war with each other for these words that were going to be spoken. And I, I looked at this going... They believed that what he was about to say was going to change their life forever. What father was going to speak over them was going to direct their life. It was going to open up doors. It was going to be a blessing or a curse over them. What do we say over our kids? I'm like, they're like fighting over this. I have a chance every day to bless or curse my kids. Every time that they do something stupid, I have a chance to bless or curse them. I can take this opportunity to speak life into them, or I can take this opportunity to speak death over them based on what they just did. I have an opportunity. I'm going to spread something. What am I going to spread? Am I going to spread blessing, or am I going to spread a curse? And it just, it began to challenge me as I began to look and go, okay, I'm Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. It says in Proverbs 12, 18, that reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I, I begin to just ponder this, going, okay, 
So my words are going to bring life. See, your words take what is internal and make it external. They take the meditation of the heart, they take what's going on inside, and they bring it into reality. God spoke the world into existence. He created the world by speaking. And then he told us that life and death would be in our tongue. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19, it says, I create the fruit of the lips. If I was to come to you and say, I'm going to grant you your words. Everything that you said yesterday is going to happen. Did I just bless you or curse you? Depends what you've been spreading. Like, what if we, what if we were to look at our words for a day? Would, would that be a blessing? Or would that be a curse? Because the words that we plant... Determine what comes up. I'm, how many of you guys ever plant anything? Anyone like to plant stuff? Anyone hate to plant stuff? You're like, I pay someone, they do it. Okay, so that's marvelous that there's different people. There's, if you ever go into the aisle at Home Depot, at Myers, wherever they've got grass seed or gardening seeds, you'll discover something. There's a lot of different kinds of seeds. I remember when you're like, I'm gonna get grass seed, and you come in and you're like, oh, this one's Kentucky bluegrass, and this one's this kind of grass, and this one's this kind of, I'm like, how many kind? I want green grass. Which one's green grass that grows in my yard? Like, and uh, they got all these different kinds and they're like, well, this one does good in shade and this one needs lots of water, but, this, but it's really fluffy and soft and this one needs less water and this one, and you're like, wow, this is crazy. And then you go in and they got like the gardening section and there's these tomato seeds and cucumber seeds and jalapeno seeds and this kind of pepper seeds and this kind of pepper seeds. Like there's just all this different stuff. And you look at it and you go, why are there so many different kinds of seeds? Because what you plant determines what grows. It's what you plant, not what you want, that will grow. This is true of my garden. I cannot sit here and go, you know what? The bag of uh, grass seed was cheaper, so I just threw that out there. But what I really want is corn and peas and potatoes and um, sugar snap peas. You know, so, so that's what's going to grow. You guys would call me an idiot if I did that. You're like, all right, if you're planting grass seed and you're expecting a whole nice vegetable harvest, you're a moron. And that's, that's, that's fair. But we do that. We sit here and we curse things and we tell them how horrible they are. And when, we, when something doesn't work the way that we want, we, we call out curses upon it. And then we're like, why doesn't it work? Why is it that my kid doesn't doesn't want to, ex, you know, does, isn't excelling when I keep calling him stupid. Why is it that my kid doesn't want to, and, and we, we're speaking these things over those people around us, whether it's our kids, whether it's our employees, whether it's the people that we're working with, um, the customers, as soon as they turned around behind their back, like all these different people that we interact with, that we're speaking something, we're planting something, we're spreading something, is it the something that we want to grow? We've had several messages that have touched on this recently. You know, are you speaking the things that you want to see come to pass? God creates the fruit of the lips. And so I was, I was kind of just like you know, wrapping my mind around this, that, that I am a spreader, that one of my greatest ways of spreading is my tongue. Spreading whether I like it or not, let's spread something on purpose. Let's spread life. Let's spread thankfulness. Let's, let's speak things that we want to see come to pass. But 
If, if that's all you walk away with tonight and you go home and you go, you know what? I'm going to speak life and my words are going to plant seeds that I want to grow. I'm going to call tonight a win. But there's more. So I feel like an infomercial. But just wait. There's more for $10.99. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, there, there, there's, there's no catch here. But there is more. See, our, our words are powerful, but Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus tells them something else. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You have received without paying, give without pay. And he sits here and he goes, I want you to spread. So we're, we know we're supposed to spread peace. We're, he goes through and says, oh yeah, you should be spreading healing. You should be raising the dead, cleansing lepers, casting out demons. And he just goes, you're supposed to bring the kingdom. Pastor Duane touched on this this morning. He, he, he said he's getting ready to do a whole series on it. But he talked about the fact that the kingdom, God's goal is not just to get you into heaven. Yes, heaven is good. But God's goal is to get heaven to flow through you. See, we are supposed to be a window, a door into God's kingdom. God's kingdom is the place where God's will is done. And he goes, we're supposed to be a window where people can look who don't know Jesus, and they should be able to look at me and go, what does it look like to see God's will done? What does God's will look like? And they should look at me and go, oh, look, it's full of love and grace. Oh, it's full of the peace of the Lord. Oh, hey, look, when you show up at my house, peace shows up. Oh, look, when I was sick, you showed up and we're like, oh, you're, you're limping. Can I pray for you? Do you realize how amazing that is? And, and if you've never tried it, you got to do this. As a Christian, this is just amazing. When you see someone who's hurting, people like to tell you that they're hurting and they expect you to just be, feel sorry for them. This is just normal American life. And so you'll be, I guess, I say you'll be walking through and like checking out and they'll tell you, maybe it's because I just start conversations with everybody that they tell me. Um, because if I'm going to check out, I'm going to greet my cashier. I'm going to meet my cashier. I'm going to find out what's going on. Like, hey, how are you? And then it often comes up, well, I've got a headache or I've got this. And hey, can I pray for you? Oh, sure. Can I pray for you right now? What? Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. Really? Yeah. The Bible says to, to pray for the sick. It says, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> Sometimes they're like, game on. Please do. And other times they're like, what is this? But the, the people that are the most shocked are the coolest. I did it to someone in Costco the other day. And so I'm, I'm checking out and my cashier is just like, hey, how are you? Oh, I got a headache. Or, you know, it's been a long, long day. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I got a headache. I'm like, we got to pray for you. Yeah. And I'm like, right now. She's like, really? Like, yeah. So I prayed for her. She's like, you just did that. I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's so cool. She's like, thank you. That means you care. And she was like, just blown away. Like, you would take the time to pray for me? Wow. That is a window. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be a window that people can look through and they can see the kingdom. See, we are supposed to be a window, a channel for God's peace, grace, healing, forgiveness, for the fruit of the Spirit, for reconciliation to flow through. See, we are supposed to be a channel, not a reservoir. Reservoir. Blah, blah. Not a pond. A river. And a lot of times we go, God, bless me. Pour it on right here. 
I want it all. Yep, I'll dig a trench so none of it escapes. Just pour out your blessings right here. You know, you say, you know, there's a verse that talks about, you know, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I dug a trench so when it runs over, I can still keep it. And like that's, somehow that seems to be a mindset, but the biblical mindset is going, freely you have received, freely give. Can I fill you up so that you can overflow? Can I, see, when I put seed in here, it's not so that I can go, look at my pile of seed. Look at, now I can walk around and show everybody all my seed. That's, that's not the goal. The purpose of this is so that when I put it in, I can pull the lever and I can walk around and I can spread it. And God goes, you are called to be a spreader. He goes, freely I gave you, so freely go and give. He goes, you are supposed to be an ambassador. And this is supposed to affect all of our interactions, not just our weekend attendance, but everything we do. See, Jesus is talking about this and he goes, you're going to be marked by my love. See, one of the things that should be pouring out of this thing is the love of God. He goes, as you walk, people should go, you're different. He goes, people who don't love Jesus, people who don't love God, they love people who are nice to them. He goes, everybody does that. If you do that, nobody looks at you and says there's anything different. They don't look at me and go, oh, you're nice to your best friend. You must have Jesus. Like, they don't do that. But, when someone's not nice, when you step out of your way and out of your comfort and you show somebody love, they go, what do you got? You've got something different. And you can walk through and it begins to, to spread on them. See, when Jesus was, was talking, uh, he was talking to somebody and they go, well, well, so I'm supposed to show your love to people. He says, I'm supposed to love God. I'm supposed to love people. Then he's like, I'm supposed to love my neighbor. He's like, who is my neighbor? Who do I need to love? And Jesus tells the story we refer to often as the Good Samaritan. I'm going to tell a little bit. I'm going to tell the short version of this story. But Jesus says, you know, hey, there's, there's a man, he goes on a journey, robbers come out and beat him up. And this guy's a Jew. And a Levite, or first a priest comes by, and the priest is godly. He, he's supposed to represent God, people be, before God and, and vice versa. He's supposed to be the go-between there. And so you expect him to help. But he looks and goes to the other side and goes, I don't have time for that right now. I, I can't get involved in your mess. He goes by. And the Levite, a Levite's job like, had been to carry the, the stuff for the tabernacle and they were involved in the ministry and a lot of the hands-on set up and tear down and different things for the ministry. And so you think, all right, the Levite, he's going to get his hands dirty. He's going to you know, pick this guy up, help this guy out. And the Levite goes by. And what his excuse was, I don't know. I can make up lots of excuses for him. But all I can tell you for sure is he didn't help. And then a Samaritan comes. Now, to us, I guess the only time I hear about a Samaritan is in the story of the Good Samaritan. And so you're like, good guy. But you have to understand in the context of this story, that didn't make sense to them. Like it was, there was a massive race, like war between them, between the Jews and the Samaritans. And there was immense amounts of hatred between them. And the only way that I think I could 
almost paint it where we could understand it in American culture was if the guy that got beat up had a, you know, they, they stripped him and beat him up. If he had like a massive like KKK tattooed on his back and the guy who shows up who was a Samaritan was, was black and was to look at him and go, oh, look, it says right there on your back that you hate my guts. But I'm going to love you anyways. And he just broke down and, was, and, and across this wall of, you hate me, but I'm going to love you. And he picked him up. He took him to an inn. He bandaged him up, took care of his wounds, paid for his stay, paid for the following days of his stay, and then said, if there's any more charge, let me know. I'll take care of it. And then left. And Jesus goes, go do likewise. And he goes, go spread love to people. And I say that, and a lot of times in today's culture, we're like, you know, I don't really see people beat up on the side of the road very often. What does this look like? What does it look like to show love to somebody like that? Have you, okay, so people on the side of the road with flat tires. I don't know if you ever got stopped to change them, but if you ever want to tell somebody about Jesus, it is a captive audience. <laughs> totally done it. Multiple times. And I remember the, the most recent time we were on 131 and there was a lady pulled over. And so I pulled over and I'm like, ah, we, I, I'm going to take, you know, the, the 10 minutes to change this lady's tire. And she was just like freaking out because she just didn't know what to do. Like, it's flat. I'm like, yeah. And so pop the trunk and like go digging through and moving all the stuff that was in her trunk and finding the tire and, and quick. But you get to change it and you're like, how are you doing? And, and you get to start telling them about Jesus and inviting them to church. And then they're like, can I pay you? I'm like, no, just drop it in the offering plate at church. Come to church. See, there's Sunday. Services are. And like, it was great. But like, I have a chance not to go, yes, I'm in this for the money. Not to say, here's what I can get out of it. But to go, hey, did, can I tell you about the love of Jesus? Can I tell you that the reason that I'm here is because Jesus loves you? And I can begin to spread something to somebody who needs it. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that God reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He goes, I gave you something and I want you to share it. I want you to spread it. I want you to spread my love to those around you. And then he goes on in verse 20, he says, we, it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. He goes, we are his representatives to show him to the world. And I look and I'm like, this is, this is exciting. This is amazing that we get to spread this. We get to share this. We get to, to be his hands and feet. And when I tell you guys that we, we get to be careful what we're spreading with our words, that's probably an area that all of us could improve. But when we hear it, we're like, yeah. Speak life, even when I'm frustrated. Like, my words are powerful. I can work on this. I can do this. When I, when I read a verse and it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, most of us go, whoa. You do that. And, it, and it's very common. They're like, yeah, that's for like the super evangelist. That's for the pastor. But that's for all of us. See, it's, it's this crazy thing, but a lot of times we, we look at it and we go, but I don't know how. How could I do that? And, and here's the thing. 
Do you know what this spreader is spreading right now? Nothing. Do you want to know why? Because nothing is in it. I know, it's deep moments with Dan. But uh, (laughs) the empty spreader spreads nothing. The empty person spreads emptiness. And so I I begin to look at this and go, okay, but but if I want to overflow with this, I thought about it like, what is, what is like the average person putting in? And so I looked up some averages and discovered that the average person deals with stress. They deal with things at work and they're, they, they work at least 40 hours a week. They come home and there's a bit of stress and then they have kids. The average person has, I'm trying to remember what the average is, but anyways, they have them and they're stressful and they come back and they're like, well, what am I going to do with my kids making this choice? And I'm not sure. And then they're pondering this and then they go, well, now I need to decompress all of my stressful ponderings. Okay, so I read two different studies that were you know, a little bit apart on their average amount of t- screen time or amount of TV time for Americans. The one said it was four hours. The other one said it's up to over five hours now a day. And I'm not watching that much, so someone's doing double time. So <laughs> you're like, man. So they're, they're watching, they're, you know, they're, they're working. They slept in. They were late for work or almost late for work, but they were you know, trying not to. But then they, they come home and they're worried about this, trying to take care of the kids quick, deal with whatever the challenges were there, and then watching their TV to decompress. And then they're wondering why I don't seem to be overflowing and spreading out these things. In fact, according to Barna, the average American, only 10% of them get into God's Word on a daily basis. And so if, if we're spending four and a half hours in front of the TV and 10% of us are spending time in the Word, what's going to come out? Hollywood, CNN's negative opinion on whatever, because in, you do realize the news is not selling news. They're selling commercials. And they just want ratings so they can charge more for their commercials. And scaring the bejeebies out of people? gets more ratings and sells more commercials. It's not about news. It's about money. Sorry, side rant. But the, the point is that when we put that in, that's what comes out. If you say, you know, hey, I want to begin to see these things, well, then let's start to fill our hearts with his word. Let's fill up on his promises. Let's fill up on the fact that Jesus said that we can do the things that he did and greater things than these. That he said to lay your hands on the sick and that they shall recover. See, when I begin to fill up on these, these can begin to overflow from me. And I can begin to walk up to somebody and it can be my cashier and I can say, all right, hey, you have a headache? Can I pray for it? Hey, you're limping. Can I pray for you? I, I've, I've watched and had people come back to me going, hey, we were playing pool and you limped, they limped around the thing. So I prayed for them. And the next week they go, dude, I can walk without a limp. It's like, do you have any idea how long my hip's been bothering me? I'm like, no. So what you're telling me is I should have noticed sooner? Like, I don't know, but you pray for them because my job is to pray. God's job, like I don't, my job is to step out. And if you go, well, I, I don't have, that's not flowing in me. Well, then Fill up on God's promises. And whether you go, hey, I need, I need to start overflowing with God's promises in peace, in finances, in healing. You can type into Google, God's promises on healing, finance, whatever it is, and you will find thousands of results. I don't need to make a list for all of you because other people already did. It's wonderful. And you name the topic. 
Fill up on that. Let it begin to overflow. You can join us 7 at 7 every weekday morning. We've got some time where we're encouraging people on YouTube, Facebook, and the website together for seven minutes. There are version plans that you can get involved in. If you need peace, the Bible says to bring your request to him, to fix your eyes on him. And when you do, it'll begin to overflow through you. <clears throat> but here's, here's the thing. You want to be full. You want to fill up, but the point of filling up wasn't to have a fancy spreader. It's to spread to spread his love, to spread his power, to spread his healing, to spread forgiveness, to spread the kingdom of God. He said that what God gave us was to share. Each manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It is given to share. All right. I want want to spread some things, and then I want to give an opportunity. See, I want to give two opportunities, actually. So number one, if you're here... And as I talk about this, you go, I am not connected to the source. In just a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to make Jesus your Lord, to connect to the source that's supposed to flow through us. But before I do, I wanted to, to say something, because as I was praying through these notes earlier this week, I said, I want to speak peace over you, because I get to spread things with my words. And my words are powerful. And you have no need to put on goat skin and try to trick me. I will happily bless you. But as I, as I begin to write this, I, I just wrote down, like today, fear and anxiety are to be broken. There's somebody struggling with fear and anxiety, and there's somebody else who's been fighting an addiction that ends today. God, I speak a blessing over everybody that's here and everybody who's watching online, I thank you that your peace can rest on them, that it can overflow with them, that those who've been struggling with sleep at night will sleep tonight so sweetly that they will recognize your love and your presence. God, I thank you that you are breaking addictions off of people, that lies that have held them bound are being broken right now. God, I thank you that your healing power is in this place, that Issues that have been bothering them are being healed right now. That hips are being healed, God. That knees are being made strong and whole. That tendons are being healed and no longer causing issues. God, I thank you that by your stripes we're healed. That we get to carry your presence and your grace. And I speak healing and I speak peace over them in Jesus' name. Spreading things doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes we, say, we, we hear it and we think, oh, That's this big, hard thing for somebody with a degree in spreading. It's for humans that breathe. To share some love. To carry God's grace. To show the forgiveness that God showed us. And to share it with the world. If, I want to do two things. As we talk about being filled up, I want to get, if you're not connected, you need to be connected. But Jesus told his disciples this. He says, um, he told them, hey, wait. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. God sent his Holy Spirit. He said his Holy Spirit would equip us and empower us. And if you're looking and going, I want to be a spreader, but I don't have what it takes. Jesus said, that's okay, I'll send it. 
I'll send the Holy Spirit. He'll equip you and empower you with the same power that Jesus walked in. I want to give an opportunity for those who want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit here in just a minute. But first, we're going to give an opportunity for those who don't know Jesus. So if you're here, and everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're online, you don't have to bow your head because no one can see you, but that's okay. You can participate too in the chat. If you're here and you say, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today I want to be connected to him as my source. Then when I say three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Get ready. One, two, three. So that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to be connected to him as my source. All right, awesome. I see those hands. Who else says that's me? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If you're online, you can say that's me in the chat. You can click to raise your hand there. This is the most important decision that anybody ever makes. So we're going to say a simple prayer and we're going to do it just like God said. So whether if you've done this before, go ahead and join me. Or if this is, you're making that decision today, go ahead and repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for loving me. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I choose to live for you from this day forward. I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.